Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum, as always, and the very first mailbag episode of the Chris and Joe Show. We're now in the off-season, which opened up the wonderful opportunity to do these mailbags because it allows us to answer your questions specific to things like free agents, the draft, um, personnel decision-making, things like that that you might have questions to that we can break down and giving you what might be the best possible decision in various situations. So far today, we have three questions we're going to be answering, but I would like to preface this show before we get into anything with saying, if you have questions, please send them in to our email, bigblueview at gmail.com. Or you can also send them directly to the Facebook account. And either way, we will read your questions. We will not ignore you. And we will, if we think it is a good question and it's 100% appropriate, we will definitely answer it on the show. Whatever it is, the more the merrier merrier for uh, sending in questions. We are fully accepting as many as you're willing to send in. So before we do get to these three questions, we did have Joe Judge's introductory press conference and there was obviously some very interesting quotes from the day there's a question out there i'm sure a lot of people are asking that's number one who am i well maybe i can explain that a little bit better but instead of saying who am i by telling you what's relevant in this conversation with being the coach in your giants what i'm about and what i'm about is an old school physical mentality okay we're going to put a product on the field that the people of this city and region will be proud of because this team will represent this area. We will play fast. We will play downhill. We will play aggressive. We will punch you in the nose for 60 minutes. We will play every play like it's a history and a life of its own with a relentless competitive attitude. The very big thing that stuck out, though, from hearing from Joe Judge is, one, his demeanor and also the various things that he spoke about in already setting the tone as the new head coach of the New York Giants. Yeah, you know, just stepping back just a little bit, it, it's kind of fitting, ironic, I'm not quite sure which, that the Giants hired the special teams coach when you were not there to comment on it as it happened. Like They robbed us of that, and that is just such a Giants thing to do. But yeah, yeah I have to say, Judge was very impressive in his introductory press conference. To me, what stood out, and I wrote about this this morning, was his commitment to just being flexible and finding out what players can do, coaching to what they can do, putting them in positions to succeed, and really trying to get the most out of his players. I wrote about this. It's I I know he didn't he wasn't consciously doing it, but what Judge said was almost an exact quote from Dan Hatman the director of the Scouting Academy. He also almost directly quoted Jerry Angelo, former G- general manager of the Chicago Bears, and Lewis Rick, almost general manager of the New York Giants, former front office executive from the Philadelphia Eagles. And to me, it's just a really good sign that he already seems to have a philosophy that echoes some of the best and smartest personnel men that I have ever heard speak. So to me, that is just what really stuck out and resonated. Yeah, he certainly said all the right things, and that means one of two things. He has the right mentalities that are going to be working for the Giants, and it's something that we haven't really seen with the past two coaches 
in the previous regimes. And that either means that we're going to have a completely different looking franchise and team going forward, or he was intentionally trying to say the right things. It could really go either way. But I will personally say that when this decision was made, I was a, a, a bit thrown off. It was very unexpected. And I, I didn't think he was really the best available candidate. And I think a lot of people thought that at first. But my main reasoning for that is that, one, it didn't seem like a ton of other teams were interested in him. And also, not a lot of people knew much about him. But as soon as I, I heard him in his press conference speaking and giving his viewpoints on various philosophies about being a head coach and what he's going to be doing, and like you said, Chris, about taking players and instead of complaining about what they can't do, finding those strengths and working with them. That was an issue that we were dealing with and seeing the whole season with guys, in the best example, DeAndre Baker, who is not good in various situations, but when you allow him to line up and press coverage in man-to-man, he was doing a little bit better. And when you simplify things for a lot of young players, they were able to do better in certain situations. So with this young team, I think that that mentality with a younger head coach is going to work very, very well. It's going to be a new culture. There are going to be a lot of people that maybe don't really buy in, and those people are going to be pushed out the door. It's a Belichickian, also Nick Saban-like philosophy of that if you can't get people to buy in, We'll bring in somebody that will. But overall, I, I, I think that I was doubting him at first. But after actually getting to hear what he thinks, his approach, and just his, in general, his tone in the press conference really gives me some serious optimism. We're going to have to see what happens. And I'm praying that we don't have another coach that's two years and out. And that this is our head coach for the next 10 years. But with Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer, I was not this excited after the first press press conference as I am right now. What you said about getting getting guys to buy in, and it's not just getting the roster to buy in. I don't think he's going to have a problem getting the Giants locker room to buy in. I think the bigger thing will be getting his assistant coaches, getting the right guys who see the game of football the same way that he does, and getting those guys to buy in to really making the roster second or sorry making the their schemes secondary to the roster tailoring what they do to fit what the giants roster is capable of doing and also getting the scouting department and front office to buy in to that philosophy of there is no one way football is supposed to look just find the best guys find the guys who can do the most and then we will figure out a way to get everybody on the same page, pulling in the same direction, and figure out a way to get everybody in position to play up to their potential and really make use of those things that they can do. I am really not worried after listening to Joe Judge, really not worried about the team buying in. I am very interested to see what comes next with the coaching staff and front office. All right, let's answer these questions that we have for the very first mailbag show. And the first one comes from Jeffrey Rhodes. And this question is, looking forward to the draft, do you see the the chances of the Giants trading back with a quarterback needy team more likely with new head coach Joe Judge learning from Bill Belichick? It seems like the Patriots have always been one of the most active teams moving around in the draft. 
And with Tua deciding to declare, it appears to be to be the perfect situation to trade back and collect more picks to help build the roster. So I'm just going to say one thing, and then Chris, I'll allow you to take the first answer. The only thing I'm going to say here to you know set this up is that the the Patriots were able and willing to move around and move back in the draft because they were in the latter end of the draft. They weren't picking at four, uh, but I I don't disagree with the premise, but the to connect it with Bill Belichick doesn't really work as much because they were always trading in picks 20 and beyond, in most cases trading out of the first round and picking up picks that way. I, I think this kind of ties into just how much say Joe Judge has in the whole process. You know, Dave Gettleman is still there. He still has his office and his power. So it will be interesting, I think, to see how much of a back and forth or how much influence Judge has on Dave Gettleman and his process and approach to the draft. I think Gettleman is very much a stick to the board, pick whoever we have ranked highest there, and if anything, move up. I am a proponent in most cases of moving back to really maximize the value of a pick, get more bites of the apple, more slices of the pie, whatever metaphor you prefer. I don't know. I'm kind of making myself hungry here, but I am I am not sure right now that the Giants would trade back at least this year, maybe next year if when Judge is a little bit more seasoned, a little bit more established, maybe he'll, he will have it, he will be able to have a little bit more of a an impact on how the Giants go about running their draft. To sum it all up, I think they should, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, as much as I really want to hope that Joe Judge would have control in this situation, or more so in the sense of changing the perspective of Dave Gettleman in this situation... I don't think that Joe Judge is going to have that kind of control in saying, hey, let's trade back. That personnel decision-making is going to really go on the hands of Dave Gettleman, and we haven't seen him trade back that much. We'll have to see if they're willing to do that. I don't think Gettleman, like you said, will really be willing, but I do think that's the smartest possible thing to do in this situation because, let's be realistic, in the past... 10 to 15 years, teams that have traded up have been robbed by the team in the in the slot before they, they made that trade. So they could get away with some serious picks if they can convince a team that is very desperate to move up into that selection. If that's actually going to happen or not, though, that's specifically based on what gave uh, Dave Gettleman decides to do. The Giants could wind up getting something like what the Indianapolis Colts got for the third overall pick two years ago. That, I think, would be a home run usage of the fourth overall pick. They're still going to get a really good player, even if they move back five spots. They're still going to get a really good player, and they're going to get a whole bunch of picks on the second day, which would make up for not having their third round pick right now. Yeah, and that Indianapolis Colts trade really helped them because they were able to draft some serious depth in the second round and to really round out that roster. And it's currently one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. A big reason why they made the playoffs a year ago. Struggled a bit this year because of Andrew Luck leaving. Next question from Jim Cardamone. Hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. Now that we have a new head coach and Gettleman is staying with the team in his role, 
assuming Joe Judge is not in full bloom love with Daniel Jones, is there any chance that the Giants take Tua, Tavangaloa, or Justin Herbert? While we don't know how the injury will impact Tua, it feels like either of them would be an upgrade from Jones with his lack of pocket presence, pressure feel, and the resulting ball loss. So my perspective on this is I disagree. I don't think that Daniel Jones is a huge downgrade. I think that he had a typical rookie season. Rookies really have all of the same issues that Daniel Jones had this year. It's something I've been saying the whole season that it's frustrating to watch, but at the same time, there's only so much you can do. I mean, Eli Manning wasn't perfect. If not, I would argue was worse at times in his rookie season with the Giants. You just need to be patient. You need to let the kid develop. If you bring in Tua or Justin Herbert, you could be back at square one. Maybe they have higher ceilings than Daniel Jones, if that's your perspective. You still have to start back over with a rookie quarterback. You're not going to be able to win anything this season with a rookie quarterback. I, I don't think either, though, that this is a situation like with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals and with uh, Cliff Kingsbury where he needed someone specific to work for their scheme. This is not the case. He's a special teams coordinator. They're not going to bring in an off, uh, offensive coordinator that desperately wants a specific guy. They're probably going to stick with Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it as well. Yeah, I think that would be one hell of a power battle between a rookie head coach and an established general manager for them to move on from a quarterback drafted with the sixth overall pick just the year before with the same general manager. Dave Gettleman is tied to Daniel Jones, and I just do not see the Giants giving up on him after one year. Yeah, I do believe that Tua, at least before the injury, because just having a dislocated hip, that is such uncharted waters for a quarterback prospect that even if he makes a medically full recovery, we we don't know how it will affect him as a quarterback, how it will affect his ability to transfer his weight, unlock his lower body, and really drive the football. Before that, I would have said Tua is, is a better prospect than Daniel Jones, and it might even be a big enough difference to warrant basically having another rookie year. But just with the power structure remaining as far as we know, basically the same. And all of the unknowns with Tua and you know, Justin Herbert is kind of a quarterback in the same vein as Daniel Jones and I would say Josh Allen as well. Just a big, tall, athletic, big-armed quarterback who uh, could probably use some polish in the finer points of quarterbacking. I don't know that there's enough of a difference there to warrant going after Justin Herbert and giving up on Jones. I think Jones is probably going to get, unless something really major happens, he's going to get his second year to improve. He'll probably get his third year to improve. And that's when things will start to get, I think, kind of close where the Giants really have to make up their minds and decide if they want to give him a big contract extension, pick up that fifth year option, which will probably pay him a guaranteed 30 million dollars but for now the Giants will roll with Jones I would honestly be shocked if they chose to take another quarterback in this year's draft it would just be perpetuating and prolonging the 
rebuild of this Giants roster because you take a quarterback at four, you're not filling any of the more glaring needs. Okay, maybe you think these guys are more talented, but you're not filling the obvious issues that were holding down this team. Daniel Jones's turnovers were a big problem, but they they were not the ultimate downfall of the Giants last year. The the downfall was because of defensive struggles and poor offensive line play. So they need to draft a young, talented player at a number of different positions and continue to develop this roster. Daniel Jones will get better. Maybe he doesn't turn into an MVP MVP caliber player, but he can get a lot better. And, And once he improves and gets to a comfortable position, this team will do really well because everything else will be evaluating very nicely around him. Last question that we have from Rob Leonard. Can you break down the free agents you think the Giants should be considering? So we are going to be continuing to discuss free agents with each position group that we think are important that you need to know about. But we will touch on who we think are some of the bigger name guys. And I'm going to kick this off with a name that I really think they should prioritize because the offensive line does need some help, especially at right tackle. And that is Jack Conklin, who is an unrestricted free agent. They could probably get him for a little bit cheaper. If you're able to convince him to leave Tennessee and come play for the Giants, I say that's a huge upgrade over Mike Remmers, and it would be a perfect addition to the offensive line. He's not perfect. He's been having some some issues since he dealt with some injuries early on in his career, but he's still an upgrade. He's a good offensive lineman. He's a veteran. He's been in the league for, uh, I would say, four or five years now. Yeah, it, we have to wonder whether or not Joe Judge will look at any of the free agents that New England has currently pending. Two that really stand out to me are either outside linebacker Jamie Collins or inside linebacker Kyle Van Noy. Both of them are right around 30, so they're not too old. That's the one thing with a lot of New England's free agents is they are either fringe guys who, you know, it's kind of, if you pick them up, okay, or they are very much on the wrong side of 30. The McCourty, uh, Devin McCourty is 33. Most of New England's free agents are either fringe guys or on the wrong side of 30. So I'm not quite sure how much the Giants will rate New England's roster for talent and free agency. I think the Giants do need to look at picking up a free agent pass rusher, and there are a few very interesting ones. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe out of Jacksonville. They are underwater cap-wise, so they're going to have a very difficult time keeping him. Shaq Barrett at out of Tampa Bay, he is coming off just a monster season after finally getting out of Denver. Jadavian Clowney is a free agent out of, at least this past year, out of Seattle. Also a familiar name, Jason Pierre-Paul, is a free agent out of Tampa Bay as well. So the Giants are currently sixth in salary cap space with just under $70 million dollars they should be able to find an edge rusher to really round out and set off their defense. I think the other final position group that you do have to look at, and you brought up Kyle Van Noy, is inside or outside linebacker. Just to bring in a veteran, maybe also drafting a a young player to develop in that linebacker room, 
Uh, but, you know, A.J. Klein, outside linebacker from New Orleans, is also going to be a free agent. And in general, there are a couple other names that work for me on here. Danny Trevathan from Chicago, who's been very, very good. He's 30 years old, but still, I would consider him to be, uh, a, you know, a quality inside linebacker who could fit very nicely. Also, another offensive lineman named Brian Balaga. So there are some names out there in the free agency market. We're not obviously bringing up the the, big, the biggest name guys because a lot of them are quarterbacks this year, but the biggest that we brought up here was Jadavion Clowney because he is so talented. He was a, a highly sought after by the Seattle Seahawks. I would not be shocked if he decided not to go back there. Maybe the Giants can convince him to leave and and join in developing this Giants team into a contender. But there are a lot of big names. The Giants have $64 million in cap room, so they could be making some serious moves during this offseason. That's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in and participating in the very first mailbag show of the offseason. Make sure if you are interested and have questions to send them in to us either through Facebook or our Gmail account, which is bigblueview at gmail.com. Also follow us on social media at bigblueview. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon, and you can follow Chris at RaptorMKII. Also, be sure to rate and subscribe and let us know what you're thinking about the show.